is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. I definitely went through a phase with running and lifting and clean eating where I thought like the whole purpose of this was to just keep shrinking down to a tinier, tinier size. Like somehow that would make me happy or that would help me accept my body or that would somehow create this perfect imaginary life somehow where everything, like everything went perfectly just because I was tiny, right? But shrinking down didn't make me happy and eating perfect foods did not make me happy. All it did was make me more obsessive, right? And But what really did make me happy was actually getting physically stronger, getting mentally stronger, like doing hard things with my body that I had never done before. And so I love having people on the show, women specifically on the show, who are models for living this life, this life of strength, this, this value added, right? We're not just using food and fitness as this way to shrink our bodies down to nothing. You know, we've been there. A lot of us, maybe we're in the middle of it. But when we can get past that and when we move on with life, food and fitness are actually fun, like fun. And that's why I love today's guest. Um, I have Marisa of Motivate. Motivated Movement. Um, she's one of my best friends on the internet, I'd like to say. Um, I was so nervous, but so excited when I got to meet her in person. She's just amazing. She talks the talk. She walks the walk. Um, after you listen to today's show, I really want you to head over to her Instagram. There's one post that sticks out in my mind um, a few months ago. She was wearing this amazing one-piece yellow swimsuit and she talks about how her BMI she's on the high end of the BMI chart and how it does not matter uh, Marisa has completed a million races with running and biking and triathlons right like she is super strong so yeah I think her health is fine I think she's doing all right for herself um, Marisa is an online health coach. She's an in-person personal trainer, and she also creates amazing retreats for women who like adventure. All of her links are in the show notes. Definitely reach out and let me know what you thought about today's episode. I am so excited on the podcast today. I have Marisa. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm super yeah. excited to be here. I'm super excited too. So um, it's really cool because we have been talking online and uh, Instagram and then we got to meet in person a couple months ago and yeah. connects back together online. So I just love the internet. It's great to meet new friends. I have met so many friends on the internet this year. It's crazy. Yeah. Like not stuff we did 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, that had been so weird. <laughs> completely, completely weird and inappropriate. And now someone reaches out and you're like, okay, cool. You seem awesome. Let's meet up for coffee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I love, I love Marisa's story. Um, I just love everything about you and your Instagram and the message that you have out there. But I always like to start with just finding out more about you and what fitness was like for you growing up um, in elementary school and high school, post-college. What did, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So uh, growing up, I was, I mean, I was pretty athletic in terms of, um, I used to figure skate for a long time. So from like six or seven to like 16, probably I figure skated. Um, and so that was like, especially in the like 11 to 15, 16 range, like definitely three or four times a week in the morning before school, after school, weekends, like I was full on into it. Um, and then at school, I always played whatever sports and all that stuff. 
um, when I was 16 and I realized I was not going to make it anywhere near the Olympics or the national championships or even out of my province in Canada, um, I, I pulled back from that sport because it's really, really expensive and, and time intensive too. Um, and I mean, I was still involved in athletics in terms of playing on my high school basketball team and track and field and stuff like that. But I was always kind of um, the chubby kid. They're not kid, but like friend, you know, like in our group of friends, they were, all my friends were size zero or two. And I was the chubby girl. Uh, even though I was athletic, I didn't have the best eating habits, I suppose. Uh, and grew up in an Italian family with a grandmother who's always putting an extra uh, fourth <laughs> or fifth serving on your plate. And like Nona homemade Italian food. Yeah. That is something special. Yeah. I, I hear <laughs> but, you on that. I know that story. Yeah. I think any Italian out there knows exactly, probably any, anyone with a grandma knows that. Story. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to say no to grandma. Yeah. Um, and then I think like more so what, what shifted was after I finished high school, I took a year off. And then when I went to university, I definitely like the activity part just kind of fell away from my schedule, from my routine. Um, and then that, uneating healthy part kind of stayed and then more drinking came in as does in university and obviously I got a little bit older so all of those things combined for uh, weight gain but it was not only just the weight because it's never just about the weight Uh, it's about just not feeling comfortable in my skin and um, not feeling like having the energy or the good routine or the habits to do things that um felt good for my body and and made me feel energized because it's kind of that snowball effect of like, you don't have energy, you feel lethargic, you're not eating good stuff. So then you don't have energy. So then you don't go to the gym. So then you eat crap and it just keeps spiraling. And and then you go drinking with your friends, then you go for pizza at 3am. And then all of a sudden you like wake up and you're like, what the heck, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And back in the, in my, like, those are my early twenties. I, and, and actually, even going back when I was athletic, although I play, I did figure skating and I played basketball, I was never like a runner. That was like basketball, yes, you have to run, but it's like short spurts, right? And there's lots of whistles and breaks. Like it's not like a long distance thing. I never identified as, I not even identified, I never even just thought that was something I could possibly do. And the shift actually happened, I would say due to boredom, uh, living in Northern Ontario um, one summer and not really having much to do. And also just being kind of jealous of runners because like they kind of looked like they were having fun but I was super jealous because I just didn't understand how that could possibly be fun Mm -hmm. and like some people would even smile while they ran and I just like didn't get how that was a thing um and so I don't know some somehow deep inside me I just realized I was like you know what if I want to lose weight or get in shape like it's never going to get easier yeah I was only in my 20s but I knew that this is going to be easier than my 30s. And even if I realize this now in my late 30s, it's going to be easier now than my 40s. Even if you realize it in your 70s, it's going to be easier in your 70s and your 80s. Every day you wait is it's just harder. So the best time to start is exactly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided like, okay, I'm going to try running for 30 days. And, and I mean, even though I was talking about getting healthier and losing weight and all that stuff, to be honest, my motivation was just I want to try running. It wasn't like, I'm going to try and lose 10 pounds or whatever. It was just like, I want to try this running thing. I'm going to give it a shot for 30 days. If I don't like it after 30 days and that's cool, I just like check that one off my list. It's done. I don't need to like worry about it. Um, I gave it a try and I didn't run every day for 30 days. I ran like two or three times a week, maybe four times. And I started out so basic, like 
two minutes of running, one minute mm-hmm. of walking, lots of like side stitches, holding my side, deep breaths, trying to like mentally talk myself through it. Um, and then, you know, fast forward many years, like it's, it's stuck after 30 days. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I found out about that runner's high and how, uh, rewarding it was and, and also like relaxing, stress relieving, all of that stuff. Um, and now I've run lots of half marathons, full marathon, a uh, couple triathlons, and I'm training for an Ironman in 2019. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's super insane. It's super insane. It feels almost as terrifying as that first month of setting out and putting a goal of, of running for 30 days. It feels j- actually probably scarier. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty intense. And, but I also think like going back to what you're saying, like running is super challenging and um, it's like that fun thing. So that's pretty cool that you're doing that, the Ironman. Yeah, I, you know, so I did like after I got into running because that whole story that I mentioned where I started really small, mm-hmm. um, the, the thing like at the end of 30 days, I asked my mom to mm-hmm. put kind of the kilometer tracker on the car. And when she drove the route that I had been running, I like almost fell over when I realized it was almost 5K. I was like, how is it possible that I ran almost 5k? Like, I can't remember what the exact distance was. It was just under it because it was enough for me to think like, okay, well maybe I should sign up for a 5k. Like I'm almost there. So I did 5k led to a 10k, which led to after 10k, I actually didn't know what came next. Um, so I had to Google it and thankfully there was internet. And then I found out there's this thing called a half marathon. So I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. I'll like, I printed off some training thing and signed up for that. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of halves, um, had really bad knee pain actually. Um, so I never for a long time, never thought I would do a full, like I really wanted to in my heart. Um, but I just knew like the pain in my knees, there, there was just no way that I could do that distance twice over. Um, so for a long time, I kind of just hung out in the half marathon distance. It wasn't until I took my personal training certification and then started strength training, um, that my knee pain dissipated enough that I did a half marathon and I was like, Hey, my knees aren't hurting. What's going on? Um, so then I signed up for a marathon. Um, and I did that in 2012 Mm -hmm. and then I kind of maxed on running. Yeah. It's almost like I was like, mm, no more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I know I can do these distances. I don't want to pay the registration fees. I don't want to do the ra- like. I just was like, I can't. Like I don't want to do any more. Um, so literally until this past year, um, now in 2018. So that was like I took like a six year hiatus from races. I did a like a 5k this past summer and then a sprint triathlon. And now I'm like, okay races are interesting again to me. So that's why then I'll just jump into the half Ironman, I suppose. That doesn't really make logical sense. But uh, I guess my point is that I just, I don't know, I feel like runners sometimes get like that. They get into it, they get so into it. Lots of A-type people are attracted to running. They get micro-focused on it. And then at some point you just kind of burn out and you're like, eh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So. I, yeah, no. And that's the, the post I tagged you in, um, the other day about that. Cause it was just like, like this year I was like, I, I didn't do a marathon. And then it was just kind of like casual. And like, we ran like some races that I never trained for them, but it was like, I love it, but I need a break from it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Like, that's okay to like take a break. Yeah. Totally. I think like one of the best, I mean, obviously I'm a personal trainer. I'm an advocate for strength training. I love right. doing that. But one of the best things I've could have done for my body is cross train, build up some muscle mass. Obviously, it helped my knee pain. Um, all of, if I would have just kept only running, yeah. 
either A, I would still be running with pain or B, I think I would have just run myself straight into uh, more injuries. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that knee pain and what you, um, what you did to help with that? Yeah. So I used to get um, pain, like basically it felt like right in the middle of my knee, like in the meniscus there, the every time, well, actually over, I would say over an, an hour, definitely over an hour and a half, pretty much every step would be, would hurt. Uh, and it just, I would come home from any run that was over an hour and a half and ice my knees for half an hour. And like in hindsight, so, so crazy. But in the moment, it was just like, that's what I do. I go an hour and a half to our run. I spend half an hour on the couch. I see my knees. Cool. Next weekend, do it again. Like, I, of course, I would go to physio here and there and like, oh, maybe someone can fix this. But like, I don't know. Either A, I didn't put enough effort into finding the solution or B, also, like surprisingly, nobody said to me, are you strength training? Are you cross training? Like, yeah, it was like, oh, maybe you need orthotics. Maybe one leg's longer than the other. Maybe your hips are rotated. All of these things, which may be entirely accurate, but also someone could have said, are you strength training? Are you cross training? Um, because that was really, really the difference. Now I can realize um, that I just, I didn't have strong, even though I had strong legs because I was running, I didn't have the strength in the areas I needed and the stabilizing muscles around my knee. Um, obviously my glutes were not engaged. I was one of those people who was like a runner, but kind of had a flat bum, mm -hmm. which like doesn't make sense really, but it happens to a lot of runners. Um, and if you look at like um, Olympic. They have large glutes because they're sprinting and those muscles are like really developed. And obviously there's a difference in physique from like sprint athletes to um, marathon athletes. Like that's a, a totally different um, muscle development. Um, but when I started doing more like squats, deadlifts, heavy weights in the gym and being more purposeful on adding uh, sprint work and hill work into my running training programs, or I saw a difference. Um, and, and also like just felt fitter and was able to maintain my fitness, uh, increase my running pace without running as much. Like, I don't know how what your training plans are, but like um, here, like some of the running communities, or even if you look online, if you get like a half marathon training plan, often they're like a five day running schedule quite often is, is, so I would normally run two or three days a week, do my strength training. And I'm, I'm good for the race. Like I don't, I think sometimes people go so heavy on the running training um, and then they sacrifice the strength training, which is so necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of reading about that recently and just um, look, I think we get into running and actually we have very similar stories about how we got into it. Right. And we get into it and then we're doing it and maybe we don't have like all of the education on what we need to do for our body but we're just so committed to like our body doing something, but not knowing, okay, but we also have to do something for our body. Mm -hmm. And also like, this is the one body we have for the rest of our lives. So like you have to treat it with respect, like running seven days a week is not like exercising seven days a week is not good for your body. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And, rest days are so important. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the strength training that, that is huge too. And, um, I think that it's hard for people. Like if they're like, no, I just want to do running, but like. Yeah. And I think that if people would just integrate it a bit more, you will find that you can like prolong your running career. You know, you will give yourself more longevity because your body will be more adaptable, be uh, less prone to injury. 
you can recover faster from injuries because if you only run and you get injured, well, now what are you going to do? <laughs> now you're probably uh, might uh, Peter on the edge there of depression because uh, yeah. that happened to me. I got injured, couldn't run for seven months, and it was devastating. Yeah. I didn't have like almost like safeguards built up into my system because, or not my system, but my schedule, my routine, because all I did was run. So then you take away running and you're just like, huh, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, like what I can't, I can't have no like stress outlet. I have, um, I don't have these other ways to exercise. Of course I can like go to the gym and do them, but I just, it's just so much more effective if you can build it into the routine going, going forward, like into your regular uh, running schedule. Um, yeah, so to prevent injuries, to recover faster from injuries, to be a faster runner, to be a stronger runner, like there's just, there, I literally know no reason why you shouldn't cross train and add some strength training into your uh, overall running schedule. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about going back. So there was that period of like six years where you weren't running. Um, is that when, when did you get started on personal training? Was that in that time or was that before? Yeah, it was around that time. I had, um, I recently got my personal training certification and then I was teaching a lot of classes and I was, I think I trained for my marathon just as I, I was also like ramping up my personal training and, um, like class, class schedules and I teach outdoor boot camp and stuff. So I was finding it really hard to like do a long run on Sunday, oh, be yeah. quite tired and stiff and then wake up for a class at 6am on Monday. And my, and like, you know, in hindsight, it was a good thing because it kind of flushed my body because we always do like a run with my boot camp classes, but it's like a three to four K run. So it's not so strenuous, some drill work and stuff, but it definitely got me moving. But, oh, there was some stiff stiff Monday mornings. Um, and just as I found that my work was more physically demanding, it was hard to find the time in my schedule for these long runs. And um, so it kind of fell off due to that. But then I also was just really enjoying the challenge of strength training and seeing like the weight go up, um, like getting into dumbbells and then getting in that progress, getting into the barbell and seeing the weight and the numbers increase on that. It was like, it kind of was like starting fresh with running because it was I had a new goal that wasn't anything to do with, with weight loss. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, that first was like, how far can I run? How, how long can I increase my endurance? Can I keep going? And then now it was like, how much weight can I lift? And it was like, oh, I don't know. I did 30 pounds last week. Can I do 35 this week? I literally, I don't know. So let's try. Um, and so that I, obviously I like those kind of challenges and that's what's kind of led me to train for this half Ironman. Cause it's like, I don't know. Can I swim for 1.8 kilometers? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. And then can I throw a bike on that? Okay. And then a half marathon. Like, yeah, I think I can, but I, I don't really know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, it like brings it back to just kind of how you were talking about movement um, when you were a kid, right? Like you didn't know if you could do these things, but they were like these challenges. And also you weren't thinking like, how many calories am I burning while I'm figure skating? Like, that no you know, never like, once right right yeah. so like that's like the cool thing about when fitness just becomes a part of your life like in your lifestyle and yeah that is such a good point actually I've never until this moment realized that I of course as a kid or even as a teen figure skating once never once did I ever think like oh I I hope I burned enough calories for that to have this cake or this pie or whatever it is I want to do that I mean I'm, I'm not immune to that thinking I for sure have had that in my like twenties and, and stuff. And, and, you know, I, 
probably just like so many people have like tracked my calorie on mm-hmm. uh, what is that site? My fitness pal. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know, kind of like negotiated an extra run so that I could have my like whatever night out with my girlfriends or whatever. I've since moved past that. Um, but when I was younger, yeah, you just don't think about it. Um, in terms of like burning calories and needing to lose weight and it's so much more fun, Mm -hmm. right? You're just like challenging yourself, um, to see what your body's capable of or just doing it because it brings you some enjoyment and it's like, fun and the endorphins. And I think as adults, maybe we get away from that a a little bit too much or or completely. And we're just so focused on the weight loss, so focused on the calories and focused on like needing to do this to be healthy and in shape as opposed to like, what do you actually like to do? What's interesting? What's challenging and fun? Yeah. The like the other aspect of health, like the, the mental part, the social part, the community, the endorphins, like all of that stuff. Cause right. Like health isn't just our weight. Yeah, completely. I get a lot of clients and just friends and family who ask me like, Oh, what do you think of CrossFit? What do you think of this? What do you think of bar fitness? What do you think of like, Oh, whatever the current fitness thing is. They're Mm -hmm. like, how many days should I strength train? How long should I train for? And literally my answer is like, well, first off is like, what do you like to do? I'm not going to write you a strength training program. If you are like terrified of the gym and you're never going to go in. Well, I might, and I might encourage you and, and, and teach you some ways to like educate you to go in there. But my point is that like, if someone says, how long should I work out for? And I'm like, you should work out for 60 minutes, but they literally only have 15 minutes in their schedule. They're never going to work out. So if a client tells me they have about 15 minutes, they can consistently do three times a week. I'm going to write them a program that's 15 minutes long. And I hope once they build the habit and the consistency, they'll build on that. But there is no right answer. It's for everyone. There is a right answer for you and your interests and your schedule and your life. And I think where people go wrong is they see someone else doing something and then they try to replicate that. But that person's life is not your life. That person's interests are not your interests. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, someone was telling me, um, I can't remember who it was. They were like, oh, you know, Gwen Paltrow said that this is what the food that she eats and I want to look like Gwyneth Paltrow's body. So I'm going to eat exactly like her, right? And so, okay, cool. But like, how do you like to eat? Like, how do you like, who cares what, yeah. you know, so-and-so on Instagram, like what their body looks like. And they're, you know, they're working out in a gym for 90 minutes a day. They built up to that. That's mm-hmm. what they enjoy. That's their career, right? For the everyday person. Okay, 15 minutes a week versus, or 15 minutes a day versus zero, like you were doing before. So yeah. different. And the thing is you could replicate using your example, Gwyneth Paltrow's nutrition and exercise regime to a T and your body may not very like, it may very well be the case that your body will not respond in the exact same way that Gwyneth Paltrow's body responds to that same exercise plan and nutrition, because we're so individual mm-hmm. that you, it, it's, I mean, part of the like amazing piece, but I think frustrating piece for people is that you literally have to experiment and see what works for you. You have to try stuff, take notes on what makes you feel good, take notes on what makes you feel crappy, do more of the good stuff, do less of the crappy stuff, and then just keep going forward. That's so true. Um, This past week or last week, I guess since we've been back in Chicago, I've been trying to figure out like what I'm doing for my workouts, kind of off of our conversation. Mm. And so I was like, I was like, should I try CrossFit? And I was like, 
oh, I don't really want to do it. And then I was like, maybe I'll do orange theory. And I was like, I don't really want to do that either. And like, we had a gym membership to planet fitness, but I like, wasn't going and I wasn't doing it. And I've had like an online coach in the past too. Like I've tried all these things, but I'm like, I can't find the thing that I love. And then we were talking about like my identity, um, identifying as an athlete. And I started, I went to a running, uh, a treadmill class, which is crazy. Oh. I treadmill. Yeah. But it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need right now. Do I want to run on a treadmill during the summer? Probably not, but this is what I need right now. And it's fun mm. <laughs> and it fits into my schedule. And I walk away, like during the class, I'm having fun. I walk away. I'm like, that was such a good use of my time. I, ha I have fun. Yeah. But like eight years ago, I probably like that. I don't know. That wasn't, that wasn't my goal for movement. Right. Eight years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. So have you, just as a side note, have you ever tried kettlebells? I've never done, um, just with a personal trainer for like, you know, like for five minutes, whatever, but not, mm. um, not a class or anything, or, uh, do you use kettlebells in your online programs? Um, I don't, the one, the online program okay. that I have right now is just a basic, like, uh, introduction to women into the weight room. Cool. Um, but I have been thinking about making a kettlebell one. I, I love kettlebells. I have them on my, my like patio. I use them to work out there. I use them in my classes with my clients. They're just, I think you would find them really fun. They're an awesome way to get cardio and strength training together. Um, you don't need a lot of space and I don't know. They're, they're super fun. Really? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Just because I have no, I, there's someone else, uh, Sarah Smith. I sometimes see her doing stuff and I'm just like, hmm, maybe, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do a kettlebell workout together. Yeah, definitely. So, um, let's see. So we're talking about running ultra, or, uh, the iron man, but there was a time too that you got into cycling, correct? Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of been like the combination of things of, okay. So the past two years I picked up cycling, um, mm -hmm. because we have a big fundraiser here in British Columbia, the ride to conquer cancer. Well, it's across Canada, but the BC, um, ride is the one that I've done. So it's, a uh, um, the first year was 250 kilometers and then this last year was just over 200. And I don't know what that is in miles. I think it's like 180, 160 miles. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's two days of riding. Okay. I'm not very good at the conversions. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's two days of like five to six hours of cycling. Uh, and then it, you, you raise funds for cancer research. Yeah. So I just like bought a road bike and joined a team and it was so much fun. And I think similar to the running, it was a good physical challenge. It was something new. Um, and then I guess then that kind of led me to like, okay, let's go revisit these triathlons now that I have a good bike. Uh, I'm kind of interested in running again. And then the swimming is the biggest challenge for me at the current moment. Cause that's not, um, one that comes easy to me. I think that's true about a lot of people that do triathlons, right? Yeah. It's often the hardest one. I mean, it, there's a reason why it's a first sport. Oh, yeah. Um, you just want to keep people safe. I think <laughs> right. put it right like, in the beginning. So tired. Don't die at the end of exactly. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make sense at the end. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really interesting. Cause like if I go through my like timeline of sport or whatever, back in the day, I never like, first off, I obviously heavily identified as like a figure skater and that we were talking about identities and sport and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I never would have thought that I would have called myself a runner. Mm -hmm. And even like, I want to say I probably was a runner for a good four or five years mm -hmm. before I actually said that I was a runner. Yeah. Like 
I would, I kept telling everyone like, oh, I'm just new to it. And like, yeah, I, I'm just kind of like a newbie runner and I don't really know what I'm doing. And then when I stopped one day, I was like, I think my first race was like five or six years ago. And I was like, I think I can call myself a runner now. <laughs> it's so weird how we like have these labels that we either put so heavily on us or they're like there and we're like, oh, I'm not that thing. Yeah. I can't, I can't be that thing. Um, and then for a long time, for a long time, um, I was a runner and that was so heavily my identity. And then when I um, got injured, it was really hard to um, kind of, I, I didn't have to separate it from it, but I mean, I couldn't run for seven months. So yeah. that was a really long time to be sidelined from the sport. And, and it was really mentally challenging um, to get through that because it was so heavily identifying as a runner. And then now I just feel like I'm, I'm just, I guess an athlete. I don't know. Like I'm just a person who likes challenging myself physically to see what it's capable of. And it's not specific to one sport. Mm -hmm. I do like running. I do like cycling. I, I like everything. And I think that that's way more fun and varied. Yeah. You know, what's so funny about all. So, um, at races, I remember when I first started running, they'd be like, on your marks, athletes. And I would always chuckle, like, I'm not an athlete. Like, I, like, please stop saying that. Like, I just felt, I was like, please stop. Like, I'm not an athlete. This is a 5k and we're wearing like Santa mustaches and, you know, like this isn't real. And I would be so embarrassed and just be like, can you stop calling me an athlete? Um, (laughs) Like I, but, but why, like, why was I embarrassed? Because I was, okay, well, what if a real athlete hears me being called an athlete and then they'll like judge me? Like, you're not real, like, you're not a real runner. You're not a real athlete because I didn't grow up being an, I like got kicked off of like every sports team that I was on. Cause I don't know how to move my body. So it's just so <laughs> funny, but it's like, why do I care so much about what other people think? Like, why, why do we care? And even just the calling myself a runner. Why, like, why is that a thing that we're so worried about? It's so crazy. Yeah. It's, I think athlete is an interesting one. I don't know why um, people have that reserved almost for like Olympic athletes mm-hmm. or like professional athletes. Um, but I think it's just people who are like anyone who's active is an athlete. Yeah right? Like if you're participating in a sport, I think it's a broader um, category. It's like saying, oh, you're not a business owner if you're not doing your business full time. Like if you're just doing it on the side. But there's like millions and millions of people who have business, part-time businesses or, or working on their you know, full-time office job and are building something on the side. And maybe it will always continue to be a side thing. And that's yeah. totally fine. doesn't mean you're not a business owner. You still are. That label still applies to you just like different variations of it. So there's like professional athletes, Olympic sure. athletes. And then there's like, you know, regular like weekend athletes or not even weekend. Cause I'm active all the time, but yeah. 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 That's so true. There's so many times that I'm like nervous to tell people like I have a business and uh, like, Oh gosh, they're going to judge me. No, like, Oh my God, why do I care so much? Why do I care? Like, yeah. so dumb. Um, one of the but- things that I think is so interesting is that that has helped me a little bit is that like, just to keep it in your mind that like everyone is so worried about themselves that really barely anyone is paying attention to you as like harsh as that sounds. But like, for an example, last year I was doing a swim lesson. I did like an eight week swim lesson at a community pool and there was, I don't know, 10 people in the class and we would do like a couple laps and we'd stop and the instructor would give us some, some feedback. And I swear every single time we stopped after laps, she was like, Hey, Marisa, this is what you're doing wrong. And I was like, what? 
again, me, how, like, Jesus Christ, she's picking on me. Like, and you know, it was fine because I wanted the feedback. I was in the class because I wanted to learn. So I wasn't like upset with it, but I'd do a couple laps and be like, okay, I nailed that one. And she'd be like, hey, Marisa, this is what you got to do. But the fact of the matter is she was telling everyone what they're, what to work on. I was only hearing what was directed to me. I was only paying attention to my feedback. So it's not that I was the only person she was saying, you need to improve this on your form. You need to do this. You need to do that. That's just the only information I heard. Yeah. And, and I'm just going back to like, if she wasn't telling you the things that you were doing wrong, then she would have been a shitty swim teacher, right? Like that's right? like, right. Like that's, you're going there so she can help you improve. But then we're just like, Ugh, uh. completely. Yeah. And I've paid to be in these classes for her expertise and for yeah. her knowledge. Yeah. I want that feedback. So if she's going to be silent about it, then well, I can just go pull myself. Right. Right. That's, um, yeah. I think like probably like almost, eight years ago, I went to yoga for the first time, like a yoga class. And I remember them like telling me something I did wrong. And I was like, please don't like, please don't highlight me. Like, why are you doing that? And then this past week I started going to yoga again. And I was like, can you come over here? Like, this is not going well. Like, I need someone, <laughs> like where, where is my arm supposed to go? Because I really want to do this the right way, but it's not, um, yeah, it's just so completely different. And I think that that too just comes along with like the more that you're doing stuff with your body, the more you're okay with improving and being okay that like you suck when you start and you want to get better, right? Like yeah. it takes time to like be okay with the constructive criticism or feedback or whatever. A hundred percent. Like this past weekend I was doing a workshop, um, like a continuing education course for my personal training certification. And we were taking turns doing some weightlifting and having like the other coaches coach us. And then when they asked for volunteers, I was like, Oh yeah, me. Like I I want you guys to tell Tell me me. what I'm doing wrong because I, a, I can't watch myself and do the lift like physically impossible. And it's good to have a, a different perspective from some other coaches Um, and we, it's the value of, it's why people hire personal trainers really is like, you think you are doing proper form, but unless someone is standing literally beside you telling you, you don't know, or I guess if you take a video and send it to someone in, in the magic of online training, um, Mm -hmm. these days, but like, yeah, it's so valuable to have an outside perspective looking in and be like, oh, you can tweak this and you can tweak that. And it's, um, I was super happy to get, uh, critiqued in that way. Whereas if I was just starting out, maybe I would have been a little bit more nervous about it. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And I think going back to like what you were saying about uh, type A people too, and like the perfectionism, like, I just want to be good at this right now. Like, why can't I just be good at Like, I, you know, I got straight A's through high school. Like I'm supposed to be a 4.0 student and now I'm doing something and it's not perfect. Ah, uh, like I'm a failure, yeah. but really like, no, like the better you get at something, the more you find other things that you can get better at. Yeah. You're just okay with it. Like I think that happens a lot with runners in terms of like needing to beat their time, yeah. needing to get like a PB on every single race. And it's so funny because I just think like, A, unless you're like super fast, you're probably not winning the race. Yeah. Probably not. I don't know. I'm never winning it. No. So I don't want to speak for other people, but I know I'm not in the top 10 people. Yeah. Um, and of course I want to improve on my time, but I think people are so hard on themselves. Yeah. Like they expect to PB every race and they, um, you know, just drive themselves into the ground with training because they're just pushing so hard for it. And it's just like, 
some, some races it comes together and you get an amazing race day conditions, you slept well, you ate well, all of those things align. And then some days just, yeah. it just doesn't. And yeah. that's the way it is. <laughs> so I had, um, oh shoot, now I can't remember her last name, Susan something on, uh, I had this lady Susan on the podcast a couple <laughs> months ago and she was talking about, um, training for half marathons and using Galway's method, which is interval training. And, um, it was really interesting. We we're just kind of like talking about like, uh, longevity in our bodies and like treating our bodies with respect and all of these things. And, um, she was talking about how beneficial interval training is instead of running, you know, like just like the re your recovery time is lower. Um, and you might actually run faster if you take time. I think we talked about this, uh, walking, right. Mm -hmm. And so this past week at this treadmill class, it's been so interesting because I'm like looking at my time and being like, huh, kind of averaging out to like 15 minute miles because I'm like, like part of the class is walking. And then also just being like, this is cool. Like I'm actually having fun the entire run. My time doesn't matter or like my distance doesn't matter. I'm not getting a prize at the end of this. Um, but I'm walking away from the class and my body's not like sore and my body's not like in pain because I didn't give my body a rest. So it's like, it's just interesting. Like, like, I don't know. I think sometimes I'm like, okay, if I went and did a race and my time was like slower, but I didn't, it didn't take me two weeks of not running to recover. Like, mm. okay, whatever. Yeah. Again, I'm never going to win the race anyway. Exactly. And I think it's good to look at, like you said, longevity in the overall picture. Like, is the goal, I don't know, just to get like a sub two hour half yeah. marathon? Is that your goal? And then like life will be complete and that's it? Um, or is the goal to like live a long, healthy, active life that you can integrate exercise to help manage the crazy, chaotic demands of life itself and use it as uh, endorphin release, stress, um, release, like, a, a, is that the long-term goal? Cause I would think most people would probably relate with that second piece. Um, and if you put it into perspective of like, I just need to get under 145, like then what, <laughs> then what, what if your body burns out and then you can't rely on that, yeah. um, exercise format for the rest of your life? Like, is that worth it? Yeah. So it's, yeah, there has to be a middle ground. And I personally think the middle ground is strength, strength training in addition to running, because oh, yeah. I think that that just gives so much more longevity, um, to, to an overall runner's life. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And I had someone else on the podcast, uh, Corin, and she was talking about just like our body. She works with a lot of older clients, like people in their seventies. And she's like, they don't have the strength to like sit down to like squat on the toilet. Mm. They didn't, they've never done strength training. So we're doing it now. And it's like, holy crap. Wow. I'm not going to have this, like my body is getting, getting, going to get older. It's going to age. Exercise is actually going to help me. <laughs> right. And yeah. That, yeah. I have one client and she's uh, 79 and she, yeah, she started, she's always been quite slender, but she started doing um, races and particularly triathlons in, wow. I believe in her like forties. Yeah. Um, prior to that, she had kids and did all that stuff. Um, and so she was like pretty active in her forties and fifties, sixties. It wasn't until her seventies that uh, she started strength training. And the reason is because she went for a bone density scan and found out that she was in like the danger zone. Mm -hmm. um, Cause obviously as you age, your bone density decreases. 
Um, so she started integrating more, more strength training. Uh, she's actually like transformed her gym into a garage, which is amazing. She has like squat rack and so much weights and kettlebells and PRX and everything. Um, and over, um, a period of, I don't know how long it was. I want to say maybe two to three years. Um, she pulled her bone density score back up into the normal rating. So, and that's at like the mid to late 70s, she made that change. So the message is that A, it's never too late to start. You can always turn it around and make improvements. And then if she did that at 70, think about how much stronger um, and healthier you would be if you started it now. It's just like putting money away for your retirement. You can wait until you're 60 and try and throw some money in an account or you could just do a little bit now and you'll just be that much more set up when you do get to your older age. Yeah. There's a quote I love. Um, like the best year to plant a tree was 25 years ago, but the second best time is right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Start it now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I like hearing those stories about, um, older women just to think about, like it puts things in perspective Um, and just like the goal of my whole life can't just be to shrink to a smaller size. Like life is Mm -hmm. about so much more and health and fitness gets us to, you know, living, like being strong enough when we're older. Um, just like, like a value added, um, mindset instead. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that it's, uh, I mean, a lot of people obviously realize the older they get what, what is important to them in life. But I think that if we can kind of stop for a moment and, and just think about what the longer term effects or goals are, we might realize that like, yeah, I, I can understand people want to feel good in their skin because I'm the same way. I want to feel comfortable and sure. move with, move with ease and be able to take on a multitude of challenges and things within the world. But if that means that particular size of skinny jeans I have in the closet doesn't fit again, that's also okay. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's fine. It's just a number on a piece of material. That is literally all it is. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. Getting into that smaller size, like granted, feel comfortable in your skin, get to a healthy weight where you can do the things that you want to do. But then what does getting to the smaller size get you? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that I like work with women in my program on because I think so often people are so fixated on the number, so fixated on, I need to fit into these clothes or get back to this body or get back to this size. And then they don't link their goals to anything bigger. They don't think about uh, what it is they actually want to kind of like achieve. So I work with women to like put that into perspective a little bit of like, what is important to you? And like now that you're exercising regularly and eating more healthy and you have all um, this extra energy and your stress is managed, what are you going to do with that energy? Like where are you, where can you make a bigger impact in the world, in your life? Um, Where can you like do something that has a larger ripple effect? Because then when I think people can take that energy and put it into uh, something more meaningful, then they get out of that diet cycle. Because otherwise it's just like skinnier, eat more, binge. Like, you know, it's just like keeps, they keep cycling around until they link it to something more meaningful and bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I love about what you do. Because I've I've worked with personal trainers in the past where it's like, all right, cool. Like they'll take my measurements. And then that's kind of the only data that we have um, is like the size of like, I don't know, like my hips. Like, all right, cool. 
then what? But like that education piece and that um, just kind of that wisdom about life and like the bigger picture that was definitely missing from a lot um, of the things I did in my earlier 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, when I think back, like, like on a smaller scale, but the running was around the goal of the distance, right? And then the like weightlifting was around the goal of the weight and the triathlon is about the challenge and all of these things they're still within the athletic world, but they, they still have like a goal I'm working towards. And now more holistically looking forward, it's just like, I just want my body to move and not be in pain. And I want, basically I want to be up for anything. So if someone calls me up and is like, Hey, do you want to go do this? Like five hour hike tomorrow? I can be like, yeah, let's go. I don't have to be like, Oh, I don't think I, can make it. I don't think that my knees are good enough. I don't think I can, I don't like, I don't want all these excuses in my head. I want my body to be capable to be up for whatever challenge I want to throw its way. I want to be traveling and see a really cool experience and be like, yeah, cool. We're going to do that thing. Like, let's just go. That's so for me, that's kind of the, the, it's not really an end goal because there is no end. Well, there's always an end because life is mortal, but you know, (laughs) it's just to keep the body functioning and moving as fast as I can. Yeah. Yeah. But I reminded me of we, when we were in Thailand, um, I was walking around my bathing suit without any cover up. Um, we were on this boat, we were going into a cave and I was like, this is so crazy because I know my body is one, not as lean as it has been in the past. And two, I never actually got to that perfect body or like what I, my ideal, but I was like, I'm literally just walking around because we're about to jump into the ocean because we're going to go into this cave. And I don't care that anyone can see how big my thighs are or that I ate food and that I kind of have like, you know, like I have, um, like my stomach's a little bloated because we ate, you know, more food. And it was like, my body is serving its purpose for me to do these fun things in life. And I'm not stressing about, Oh, someone's going to see my thighs. Like, okay. Like it was just like a weird thought, like, huh, 10 years ago, I wouldn't, I, Oh no, hold on. Let me grab my towel. Like, Oh gosh. Like, yeah. Like, no, like we're just on an adventure in a cave in Thailand. (laughs) Like this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that freeing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that like, so one of the other things I do is I I do health retreats. And so last year I had one in Mexico and uh, it's not like by any means like weight loss or that type of focus retreat. It's really just like an active vacation so that for people who want to go away and be active, eat good food, um, move their body throughout the week and just come back feeling normal, not like you need to like restart or anything like that. Um, that's what the health retreat is. And, but you know, it, there's people from all different walks of life and all different fitness levels and um, nobody by any means of that health retreat, myself included, has like the perfect bikini body. Mm-hmm. And I was asking one girl uh, for feedback or like kind of her insights on it from last year. And she said the one thing that she just loved was that she felt totally and completely accepted as she was. That she like had her mom bod and she didn't worry about it and she didn't feel like anyone was judging her and everyone was just accepting her. And I was like, isn't that like such a freeing way that we should just all be living that it's just like your body does not dictate your mood or like whether people accept you or talk to you or like you or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's like one of those freeing moments, like freeing thoughts. And then it's also like how messed up. (laughs) 
<laughs> totally. It was before, like how, like that, that, like, wow, I just went and I like was able to do these things and it was, you know, I was just able to be normal. Like, oh my gosh, like what were we doing before <laughs> and why? Yeah. And like what shifted? Because usually it's just something in our head. Yeah. Like we got out of our own way. Like nobody hit you with some magic wand and say, okay, Jacqueline, now you, you don't hit your thighs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like nobody did that. You just decided that like my body is okay the way it is. Yeah. I'm exercising to feel good. I'm eating to feel good. I'm enjoying life and, you know, all these things. And then you just kind of let it go. Like you get out of your own way mm -hmm. and then you can enjoy it. But we just create so many barriers and obstacles and uh, rules that we need to follow and adhere to, which just make it so much more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to touch on that. And I think this is going back to why I do like the internet and I do like social media was being able to see um, fit people on Instagram um, who were not trying to lose weight. Um, or like specifically work on a physical, but they were just like, I'm a fit person and this is what my body looks like. And sometimes they weren't even like putting this message out there. I could just like look at this photo and be like, my thighs kind of look like theirs. And mm -hmm. they're walking around in like super short shorts and they're at this CrossFit class or they're just like running and like there, there isn't even a comment about what their body looks like. There isn't, it's just like, this is just my body and I'm walking around, I'm doing stuff. And it was like, oh, wow, like I don't have to spend my whole life trying to get smaller thighs. Like they're functioning and they're fit and they're healthy. I can do that too. It's mm -hmm. like, wow. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. I love that you, that that messaging, that you're cognizant that that messaging is coming across even without them saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really powerful too, right? Yeah. It, it goes back to like, it's just normal. This is, this is what normal is. All the other stuff is has been normalized, but it doesn't have to be. I don't know. It's a new normal. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think that like you and I are probably exposed to it a little bit more because of the industry that we're in. So we see um, a little bit more even display of like, you know, the reality behind it. Whereas I think because um, everyone's kind of in their own little social media bubble that sure. a lot of people aren't exposed to it perhaps as much as, as even you or I are. Like for me, I think like, of course, of course there's all these regular bodies and of course not everyone has like a six pack. And of course that's only people who are cutting for magazine photos and yeah. fitness competitions. And like, you know, I know all of that, but I think that like a lot of people aren't exposed to that and, and, or, or they maybe are just like, it's just like peppered on there. Like they kind of know it, but like it hasn't really sunken in fully. So yeah, I think there's still like work to do in that area to uh, accept it as a more normalized reality for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a heavy mm. podcast today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We went all over the place. <laughs> I know. I know, but I do love talking with you. But okay. So if, um, so you have your health retreat, people definitely should check out more information about that. And you have online mm. coaching. Tell us a little bit more and where people can find you. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram handle is Marisa Janine Moody. There's just one S in my first name. Um, and my Facebook page is Motivated Movement was my personal training business is Motivated Movement Personal Training. Um, so I do health retreats. I do them on the um, Sunshine Coast in British Columbia and then in Mexico as well. Um, I have an online group coaching program, which is called Best Year Yet. And that touches on um, 
fitness, nutrition, but then also digging deeper into goal setting and um, kind of just like finding out what sets your soul on fire. Uh, and if you, if you know already what it is and gives you some strategy points to move forward in that, and if you have no idea what it is, it helps you start to uncover what potentially might, might um, give you a more engaged, fulfilled life. Um, and then, uh, what else did I, oh yeah, I have, um, my women in weights, which is like an online program you can purchase. If you have a gym that, uh, membership that maybe is collecting dust and you don't really know what to do in the gym, uh, it walks you through a beginner's program of getting comfortable with dumbbells. Uh, and then once you're done with the first six week program, then the second, uh, six week chunk. So it's like 12 weeks in total, uh, goes a little bit into barbells, um, and like deadlift and squat and stuff like that. And then um, if you're not quite ready to jump fully on into the gym, I have my uh, Dumbbell Dash. It's a 30-day workout program. It's free. You can get it uh, on my website or you can get it on Instagram on my bio. There's a link to it. And it's um, 20-minute or less workouts that you can do with dumbbells um, at the home, um, at the gym, at the park, wherever, wherever the heck you want to do it. Um, so there's a whole uh, month-long program uh, scheduled out for you. Yeah, those two programs sound perfect for um, anyone that is just getting into running and is like, my knees hurt. What do I do? And just that strength totally. component. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if the gym is just way too intimidating, get yeah. the dumbbell dash. That is like, that will that will be cool. Um, the women in weights, honestly, like truly speaking as a runner, would be a really, really, really great compliment. I wish I had uh, that program. 10 years ago when I, I don't even know how many years ago, 15 years ago when I first started running, um, I would have saved myself a lot of knee pain. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is so great. Okay. I will have all the links to all of your information in the show notes. Thank you again. And I, I mean, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll do a kettlebell workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to try that. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for having me on.